podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. of the Rock Chalk Talk podcast. My name is Andy Miss. I'm joined today by Mike Plank. Um, I, I know last time we had said we were going to try to alternate between football and basketball, but uh, we've got a little bit more football to talk about today. We're also going to talk uh, about some baseball and, and hopefully some volleyball too. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. How are you doing today, Mike? Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there, I guess. Can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, not at all. All right, well, we, we kind of uh, had a little bit of news, more in the fact of a bunch of roundup of a bunch of football stuff going on. Um, you today actually posted a article about our recruiting for, for football. Looks, looks like we have a little bit of news. I'll actually let you go ahead and kind of run that down a little bit if you'd like. Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, Benton Smith over at uh, KE Sports beat me to it, but uh, I went ahead and posted it anyway. And, and uh, I mean – Looks like we're going to get a couple more uh, high-profile recruits on campus. Uh, there's a, a four-star corner who uh, is already verbally committed to LSU, uh, who is just now setting up his his official visits, and one of those official visits is going to be Lawrence. Uh, he's a he's a national top 100 player. He's actually a national top 40 player, and uh, I, I mean I obviously wouldn't expect anything out of it, especially since he's already committed somewhere else. But uh, I mean, I mean, you never know. We get him up here. Uh, the, the other uh, notable player, I guess, was a, a three-star defensive tackle uh, out of Florida, who's a top 100 player in the state of Florida. So not nationally, but in the state. Uh, so, you know, still a pretty solid recruit. Uh, his, he he uh, set his list for his top seven, and Kansas made the cut of his top seven, and we're going up against uh, Nebraska, North Carolina, Arizona, Minnesota, Wake Forest, and Rutgers. So, you know, Nebraska, Carolina, Arizona, some pretty good names in there too. And uh, those are the two big ones, uh, you know, and, and just kind of a general recap of, of what the coaches have been up to. You know, they're, they're putting – obviously they're trying to finish off the 2018 recruiting class, but they're also starting to offer kids in the 2019 recruiting class. And there's even a few offers out there already – for kids that are in the class of 2020, so kids that are going to be sophomores this fall. So, uh, I mean, it's it's what you have to do nowadays in college football. And you know, I know that I know I know that the coaches of the more bigger that, that's not proper English, more bigger programs, uh, you know, hate it. Uh, but uh, you know, you have to develop these relationships, and you have to. I mean, you have to get on them and get on them early and hope they pan out for you. But uh, I like the recruiting strategy. Uh, you know, we still haven't heard a single bad word about David Beatty and his uh, ability to recruit. So uh, hopefully they, hopefully they keep it up, and hopefully they can find some of these guys. And uh, and uh, we'll we'll see you in the we'll see you in the college football playoff in a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that'd be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I I think um, you know the the one thing that kind of jumps out. I, I know in basketball it's always a big story when you see you know a seventh grader that gets offered a college scholarship. Um, but honestly, you know, I think football is even more important to get in as early as possible to kind of make those relationships because you have so many kids that you need to fill out a class. And so yeah. recruiting 
you know, is obviously it's probably the most important thing with college football. You can be a good, really good X's and O's coach, but, you know, we've seen it time and time again. It doesn't matter how good you are if you don't have the personnel to fill out all these specialist positions or even to kind of man those lines up front. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a good thing to see that them getting in and, and looking at classes, not just, you know, this, this class that's coming up, but the next couple classes, because that also kind of indicates that they're feeling pretty comfortable with their positions here. We're not, you know, th- they don't have one foot out the door either looking at other positions or they're afraid that they're going to get fired here in the next couple of years. Um, so that, that's definitely a good, a good development. I will say that that three-star defensive tackle, um, that, that list of other teams, you know, that he has in his uh, top seven there isn't really necessarily too inspiring. I mean, North Carolina has been, been pretty good decent, or recently. Um, Nebraska has kind of been iffy ever since they went over to the Big Ten. They haven't really been able to, to kind of hold on to that national, you know, top national spot that they had had oh, previously. Yeah. But it's still, a, you know, a, a solid list there, I think. Um, Rutgers, obviously, is the one that kind of jumps out that's kind of in the same boat as Kansas of, well, <laughs> you know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything at this point that, that Rutgers has them on their list. But seeing some of those other ones is good. But, yeah, that, that, that four-star cornerback, uh, Joseph, uh, it's, it's definitely good to see, you know, him as one of our – or us as one of his visits. Um, even though he is verbally committed to LSU, you have to think that uh, Tony Hall is, is kind of pounding that pretty hard when we've seen all the other guys in the area. I'm guessing that that's kind of why he's even considering it at this point because there are so many people down there. Um, there are so many that, you know, he's, he's familiar with that are going to give us a look that normally wouldn't. So seeing Hall doing his work again is, is definitely a good thing to see. Um, all right, well, I guess that kind of wraps up for the recruiting. The other thing that kind of happened uh, – KU football-wise today, uh, this morning, that's, that's Wednesday morning, Bill Connolly from the mothership, SBNation.com, uh, he's doing his previews of every single football team in college football. And today it was the Kansas Jayhawks' turn. And I think the thing that kind of jumped out to me most is we have a national writer talking about David Beatty's Jayhawks may actually have the talent to compete in the Big 12 this year. I think it's really you know, something to hear that we actually might be restocking that talent. And, and it, it's, it's really good to see. I mean, that's kind of what Beatty was brought in for was that, you know, we didn't have that talent previously. We needed to restock. And, and the fact that it's his third year and we're already talking about, hey, we might actually have enough talent to compete this year um, is, is definitely a positive development. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I do, and correct me if I'm mistaken, but I do believe that uh, – Bill Connolly is a former writer at Rockham Nation, so he is a uh, uh, not a fan of Kansas by, by any right. stretch. I, uh, I'm sure that uh, some of our, our readers and, and our listeners would would point that out. I can think of one in particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, we'll, just, we'll just come out and say it. I, I believe he is a Missouri alum, so it's not like yeah, uh, yeah. I believe that is a You know, and saying that we're going to be better just because. You know, he wants, you know, it, obviously he has no, no dog in that fight there. Um, and, and, you know, the, the one thing I will say, he has definitely been, um, well, what was interaction with some of the fans on our site? Um, right. In the yeah, back of the day. Hasn't yeah. necessarily been the best. I definitely do respect his opinion when it comes to college football. He, he definitely knows what he's talking about. And if he says that they have a shot, I mean, that, that definitely kind of gives me more reason for optimism. 
um, than I had. And, and of course, you know, I wrote that article a little while back about the future of KU football. I'm already um, kind of trying to one up you on that eternal optimist when it comes to the football. Team. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so it, it's, it's definitely a good development here to kind of take a look through this. And there was a few things that kind of jumped out at me when I was reading through this, but did you have anything, first of all, that you wanted to take a look at or, or chat about first? Well, uh, I mean, the first thing that jumped out at me was his 2017 outlook way at the bottom down there. And uh, I thought it was pretty hilarious, actually, that uh, he gives us a better win probability against K-State than he does at Iowa State. Uh, I mean, that's just, I mean, look at the last, you know, 20 years minus that four-year period. Like, that's just hilarious. Like, there's no way that we have a better chance of beating K-State, who, by the way, uh, I hate to admit, is going to be loaded this year the uh, k-state is scary gonna be scary good i think this year they're they're gonna open up as a top 25 team and i think they're gonna finish the season as a top 10 team i what they're losing one or two guys on their two deep and I, they're just gonna be loaded but Man, we're I not here to talk wrong. about that right i hope i'm wrong too i but god i hope more than anything that i'm wrong i'd love to see them go four and eight but i just don't think it's going to happen but uh uh I mean, yeah, Bill Connolly, he pretty much nailed uh, in his preview last year. Uh, he predicted two and a half. He set our, our over-under, I guess, at two and a half, and, and we got two. And uh, this year he set it at uh, 3.1. So he, he's setting the, the, you know, he's predicting the three and nine record. Our, our win over Southeast Missouri State. We, he's got Central Michigan as a 50-50 game. He's got at Ohio, on the road, at Ohio, it's a 43% chance of a Kansas victory, which is the third most winnable game on our schedule. And uh, and then it obviously goes down from there. West Virginia, 30%. Texas Tech, 26%. K-State, 18%, which I think is laughable again. And then, uh, you know, all the way down to Oklahoma, 3%. Now, he also only has the Texas game at 5%. So, I mean, I don't know about that. But, uh, well, but uh, yeah, that's what jumped out at me. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that those win probabilities are definitely heavily weighted towards home and away. Um, and, and, I mean, that makes even more sense, though, with a team like Kansas that was, as he mentioned in that preview, Kansas was a lot better at home. I mean, like, you know, night and day home versus away. Um, not really competitive at all when we weren't at home. And, uh, you know, when we were at home, we almost scored an upset in pretty much every game we played there. So, um you know, that, that's definitely, I think, playing into it a lot. Kansas State, um, I mean, I, I don't know that I share your, your optimism for them this year in terms of how well they're going to turn out. I, I do think that they're probably going to be a fringe top 25 team for a good portion of the season. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that they're going to kind of have a problem in, in the Big 12. Um, kind of what we saw last year, that they just kind of wore out towards the end of the year and had a problem picking up. Um, now, granted, I mean, we could see all kinds of craziness. I mean, I wouldn't expect uh, – or I, I wouldn't be too shocked if Baylor just took an absolute nosedive this year. Um, you know, Texas could be good or really bad, just kind of depending on how all that turns out. So there's a lot of uncertainty, I think, in the Big 12 this year, not only because of teams like Kansas that are improving and could throw a wrench in a lot of the team's plans, but a lot of the teams that we're expecting to be pretty good – have some very serious issues or some very, I mean, even like off the field issues that could spiral them out of control. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not really certain that these projections are really going <laughs> to hold up one way or another. We could see right. a team that does really well on the road this year. 
um, just because of the teams that we're playing on the road. I mean, TCU, we always play them well, no matter where we're at. Um, Iowa State is probably the second weakest team in the conference. Um, maybe, well, second, second West Virginia probably are going to fall off after losing their, um, you know, a, a lot of pieces that they had on offense. But, uh, and, and the fact that we have those both at home is definitely going to help us in, in trying to win those games. But, I mean, yeah, sure. Iowa State's going to be probably towards the bottom of the conference this year. TCU, we always, again, we always play them really well. Texas, we, we beat them last year. I don't know that I can really think we're going to have any kind of shot. 5% I think <laughs> generous there. And then, yeah. you know, that last game we have against Oklahoma State is going to be an interesting one. Um, it's going to be at Oklahoma State. We may, I mean, just depending on how things go, um, you know, we may actually be playing for something in those last couple of weeks, um, which would, would be really, really strange um, to see as a KU fan. Usually, you know, I'm done caring about college football, except as a general spectator of the sport by the second month of, of, of the season. So the, the one thing that really jumped out at me, I think, was, you know, he, he, he talked about the key games that we have. And the most important game that he put was our first road game against Ohio on September 16th. And the way that he explains it, and it makes complete sense because of what we were talking about with that home and, and road split last year, is that if we're going to make any more progress this year, we have to win a road game. Um, and obviously that's going to be our best bet to do it because Ohio is probably going to be the easiest opponent that we have on the road. Um, and as he was saying, you know, if, if everything goes to plan, we could be looking at a 3-0 start, which is going to be a huge stepping point um, for, this, for this program. I, I did like the fact that he kind of looks back on the last successful season we had and kind of tracked what we, you know, how, how we had gone up and how we had gone back down uh, and how we're looking to do another rebuild at this point. I, I just thought it was a very thorough and a very, um, I guess, measured and, and fair assessment of the program, I think, at this point. Um, and then when he actually breaks down the position battles that we have, you know, that in and of itself, I think, gives me a little bit more confidence in the fact that we're talking about multiple options. There's, there's literally going to be a competition at pretty much every position on the offense. Um, you know, we're talking about even Sims Jr. at wide receiver and, you know, Quiv Gonzalez um, are, are going to be competing with the Alabama transfer, uh, Dalen Charlotte. And uh, right. Juco transfer, Kerry Kerry Johnson. I mean, if, if you had told me that that you know with how good our wideouts were last year, and we just didn't have a quarterback to give him the ball, that we're going to have an even better core of wideouts this year, I probably wouldn't have believed it because they were phenomenal last year. We just could never get them the ball. So I'm really excited to see all this competition and and to see somebody not associated with the KU program kind of lay this out and give us a reason for hope. I think that that definitely a lot more exciting than, you know, us breaking it down and, and giving our rose-colored predictions there. Yeah, I definitely think there's something to be said for that, uh, to your last point there. Uh, the one other thing that I wanted to kind of point out was uh, he does have uh, projected S&P ranks and projected uh, point spreads in each game here, and he does have Ohio as the worst D1 team that we play. Uh, projected as the worst D1 team we play, and we're still a three-point underdog to them at the, at this stage. You know, it's all it's all conjecture. It's all projection right now. But uh, the the schedule gets progressively harder. I've, literally, every game is is harder than the next game as we go throughout the uh, throughout the season uh, in terms of projected S and P. 
So, yeah, we're going to have to get our wins in September because once October hits, they're going to be progressively harder to come by. Uh, so yeah. if, we're, if we're gonna if we're gonna get the over on that three, we're gonna have to do it uh, probably by the Iowa State game. Yeah, I I think I have to agree with that. Um, you know, it, it it the other thing he talked about is in the last ten years since you know that Orange Bowl win that we had, um, we've only ranked above I believe he said it was ninety fifth in the S and P one year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he you know he said if if I had to bet on it, this is going to be the year that they get the second. So, I mean, it's definitely all signs are pointing up. And, of course, after the last few years we've had, there's really not much place to go but up. Um, But, I mean, you know, he was talking about how how we did last year and that improvement. The one stat that he pointed out that I don't know how well it's going to translate to here, but he's talking about Doug Meacham. The last time he changed jobs, it was back in 2014, and his old team, he, he went from Houston to TCU. Houston fell, he says, 39 spots in the offensive SEC race. And then the new team rose by 84 spots. Obviously, there's a bunch of other stuff going on. He kind of talks about some of the other stuff. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely a sign to see that someone like Meacham can have a positive impact. Obviously, we have no clue how much of that was him, how much of that, you know, how, how much of that was the rest of the situation surrounding him in TCU and them coming back from injuries and things like that. But, you know, it definitely sounds like there is a shot that Kansas will at least be more competitive in more of their games. And, you know, we actually had quite a few games last year where we were competitive anyway. So, I mean, that potentially could be saying a lot. Right, and those were games when, you know, the offense couldn't move the ball. So if we can get the offense going, we can get the defense off the field. I think that only benefits the defense and makes them stronger. And uh, you know, with that, and that's what he was brought in to do was to to get get the offense picking up the first downs, picking up uh, points, and uh, not turning the ball over, <laughs> preferably. Uh, but uh, and kind of like what we talked about yeah, just a week or two ago, you know, I, my opinion, it all boils down to that offensive line. Can we get production out of the offensive line? Can we get running lanes? Can we get passing lanes? Can we get time for the quarterbacks uh, to get the to get these? five-star receivers, that's exciting to say, get these five-star receivers down the field and in space so we can get them the ball. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, any other thoughts about uh, KU football? Any, anything else on recruiting or the value for next season? Uh, I don't have anything in particular. I think we've pretty much uh, all right. Sounds good. Pretty much then got everything there. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We will come back. I um, want to talk a little bit of baseball and, and, and some volleyball. So, we will be right back here on the Rock Chalk Talk Podcast. And we're back. Uh, again, this is Andy Mitt talking with Mike Plank. Uh, we just got done talking to a bunch of KU football. Um, we're going to go ahead and turn our attention now to some of the other sports. Um, first of all, since our last recorded podcast, uh, KU baseball has played, I believe it's eight games now. And they have, they're on a six-game winning streak. Um, they lost the first two against Baylor after we recorded um, the ones that we had said they probably absolutely had to win in order to <laughs> have any shot of an at-large berth in, in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, we can kind of put that behind us. What have you uh, seen, Mike, that gives you excitement for the baseball team? Is, is there anything, uh, anything else that's kind of jumped out to you in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so, I mean, unfortunately, I have to be honest with you, 
everybody. I haven't actually had a chance to watch a game yet. Uh, you know, our ridiculous contract with Time Warner or Spectrum or whoever that is now. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, the, the Baylor series was huge. We lost two out of three there. Did salvage the, the weekend or the Sunday game. But, uh, I mean, we swept Missouri State, top 20 baseball team this year. Went 2-0 against them. And uh, these, uh, well, the last four games or whatever that we've had, I mean, have been against Texas Southern, who is just awful this year. And we just completely pummeled them. So, I guess the one thing we know about – about our team is that we're good enough to beat bad teams <laughs> and, and we're good enough to beat good teams too, because, you know, we have another win against TCU. Uh, we took two out of three from Texas. We, we swept Missouri state. I mean, they're winning games against good teams and they're destroying bad teams, but you know, for whatever reason, they're struggling with mediocre teams and that that's, it's weird. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I think that that's probably a fair assessment. I, I think part of that has to do with, you know, we played a lot of our more mediocre teams. Um, we, we, we were dealing with some slump issues, uh, you know, early in the season when we played a couple of really good teams. We actually played a lot better for a while. Um, you know, the main issue I think that we've had is that the team is very inconsistent, uh, which, I mean, is, is something that you can kind of say pretty much about any college baseball team. Um, you know, especially when you're running out, for the most part, three pitchers in every series that are playing every single series, um, just kind of with the way that the schedule breaks down. But, um, you know, I, it, it's hard to really, I think, draw any huge conclusions from the Texas Southern series, mainly because, you know, I think there was one we had an 11-run inning um, where, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's actually kind of funny, I, and, and I and – I, I, failed to remember the name of the guy. I think it was, uh, who, who's been hit by a pitch now, I think it's 24 times this season. Oh yeah. I saw something about that. Which, yeah. which kind of jumped out to me only because my, my son's play baseball and my middle son, he was called a ball magnet for an entire two seasons because it seemed like every time he came up, he was getting hit by the ball. Um, I think there was one season, actually last season, he ended up getting hit by a pitch almost 30 times. So, you know, that, that kind of he, – he, he thought that was kind of funny when he saw that, um, that he got hit by a pitch twice in the same inning um, during that 11-run rally. <laughs> so, that was definitely something that, that stood out. So, so the one thing I can definitely say for sure is that this team knows how to take a pitch. But, I, you know, I definitely do see that they have the ability to get hot at the right time. Um, but we've also seen with that Baylor series, I mean, they just went dreadfully cold for a long stretch of that series and somehow we're able to salvage that, that final game. I honestly, I was, I was listening to that one on the radio and I just knew that they were going to lose that game and somehow they managed to pull it out. So that, that was definitely a good sign. Uh, they do have, we have two big 12 series left. So we're hosting K state this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's the final home stand of the year. So if you're going to catch a catch the Jayhawks and Blanche, you need to do it this weekend. And let, and uh, let me jump in. That is the worst yeah. team in the Big 12, K State, right? Correct. Yeah, I believe that is correct. I'll double check that real quick, just because now I want to know. But uh, let, let me look that up here. I say at, at least they were when we were talking last time, and they had I think they were a good three games under. Um, so I would probably be a little surprised if they. Gotten. Yeah, there's there's still a game and a half behind Oklahoma State. So K State is in dead last. 
uh, in the Big 12 uh, in Big 12 standings. They're five and 13 in conference. KU's nine and nine in conference. So okay. we're, I mean, we're only, uh, we're actually only one game behind Oklahoma, who's in third. So uh, I mean, we, depending on how the last six Big 12 games go, you know, we could get a three seed in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's out there for them. It's, it's right in front of them. So they have the three game set with K state then they play one final non-conference matchup at Omaha against Creighton, uh, next Tuesday. And then, uh, and then they finish the season on the road at Texas tech, uh, Texas tech, unfortunately is currently the number two team in the big 12. They are, they are 39 and 13 on the season and 13 and eight in conference. So yeah, that's, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge, I think. Um, and yeah, that is on the is. road at Texas. Right, so. right. But then, uh, let's see, Big 12 tournament starts. I'm trying to think. It's the week after that, I believe. It is the week after that. The exact date, Big 12 tournament will start on May 24th. That's a Wednesday. Yes, May 24th. It is in Oklahoma City. Right. And anybody that feels like going on a road trip can, you know, start looking out for tickets because I get the feeling KU's going to be there for a little while at least. Um, yeah, well, I don't think we're finishing. I don't think it's even well, – it's probably mathematically possible to finish in last. And the ninth-place team – there's only nine Big 12 teams that play baseball. Uh, the ninth-place team does not get to go to the tournament. So. Correct. Right. I don't, I don't actually believe – well, the only way it would happen is if we were to lose out and I think – well – K-State would have to finish, I believe, uh, five games better than us over the course of the last two series. Right, yeah, they'd have to go five and one, and we would have to lose out. So, so yeah, yeah, pretty much if we win two of our next six conference games, then, then we're good. We're in. Right, so, we're in. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really expecting that to, to, to go against us. So. All right, well, so we're looking forward to kind of following the rest of the, rest of the season for the baseball team. Um, uh, other quick KU notes, uh, I saw that uh, Kelsey Payne and Madison Rigdon from the volleyball team were both selected uh, to actually be on two, the, the two different U.S. national volleyball teams. There's one taking a, a tour over in Europe, another one taking a tour over in Asia right now. Um, I believe, I believe uh, Payne is on the, the European tour and Rigdon is on the Asian tour. Is that correct? That, that is correct. They are both on... Uh, the USA Volleyball or U.S. Women's Collegiate National Team, and then Rigdon's on the Thailand Tour, and Payne is on the European Tour. Okay. Well, that's that's good to have KU representation on those national teams. And obviously, you know, with the with the way that this last season went, I was not surprised to hear about that at all. Uh, it's, it's it's definitely good to see them getting recognized for the for the uh, solid play that they've had all year long. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it, I guess it is maybe noteworthy that the, the Texas coach, the Texas head volleyball coach, is the coach for the Thailand tour, for the Asian tour. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure who's coaching the uh, the other one, but... Right, right. All right, well, and I know, did you have uh, anything you wanted to say about the, the volleyball team coming up for this next year? Uh, well, I don't want to get into too much of a of a preview yet. You know, it's still way early, but uh, I, I do want to tell everybody out there that if you get a chance to watch it, you should definitely do that. If you get a chance to go to it, you should definitely do that because uh, tickets are impossible to get. Uh, you know, I've been a season ticket holder since 2012, and I'm not guaranteed season tickets this year. Uh, it's right now only the top three donor levels can buy season tickets, and so – 
once that expires, then they'll open it up to the rest of the donors or whatever. But uh, uh, somebody who's, you know, I, obviously I don't donate $25,000 a year or whatever. Wait, wait, wait. But, you, uh, you, you mean you're, you're not rolling in the uh, dough here on the, on the Rock Talk Talk blog? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, they, they haven't given me my raise yet, so I don't know what's going on here. But, oh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that uh, even, you know, long-time season ticket holders are, are on a wait list. Um, but, uh, so tickets are going to be hot. They're going to be expensive on StubHub or whatever. So if you can get a ticket, I would definitely go and check that out. Uh, they were what a top 10 team, I think all year last year. Yeah, pretty much. And, and they, they only lost, they lost three seniors, two starters, but they do have two incoming transfers, one from, uh, one from Ole Miss and one from Arizona state, uh, who are both, uh, you know, middle, middle hitter, you know, hitter front row type players. So, you know, those two are going to compete right away to replace uh, Taylor Susie, And uh, Cassie Waite's going to be a big loss, but uh, uh, I think that, uh, that they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Uh, they did last year when they lost a, a couple of, uh, you know, all-league type players. And, uh, you know, Havili will be back and Payne will be back. And uh, I would expect them to be a top five team all year this year, honestly. And if they're not, I'd be a little disappointed in that. Uh, yeah, speaking but, of uh, Cassie Waite, she was uh, also recognized recently as the J.E. Dunn Sports Person of the Year. Uh, that's the Kansas City Sports Commission that, that gives out that award. Um, she, she was recognized, I believe it was last week, with that. So, you know, good, good to see that recognition. The other bit of KU, I, I guess it's KU Volleyball News, and then she was a former KU Volleyball player um Catherine Carmichael is uh is actually became a Miss uh U.S. I'm sorry Miss Miss Kansas and is actually for or competing in the Miss USA pageant it was all over Twitter yeah. and, and Facebook today so yep so yeah it's, it's definitely good to see our our uh, KU athletes and and honestly just any of our KU being successful in any arena that they're kind of uh vying in even after being here at the school. So, yeah, but, uh, I don't, like I said, they should be, they should be really strong. I mean, the has got the program rolling right now. I, they're going to be a top five team next year. They have to be, I just, oh, easily. Yeah. I just can't fathom any, you know, not being a top five. And if they, for some reason they aren't, uh, they're going to get there quickly and they'll stay there. I think all year, I don't see them losing more than a match or two unless, Unless they, you know, they haven't released the non-conference schedule yet. So I assume they're still trying to work that out. Hopefully they can get it stronger than last year. So that we don't have to worry about this. You know, we beat Texas, but they got a higher seed type of stuff that we had to right. worry about last year. So, yeah, get that RPI up and, and go out there and win those matches. And, and uh, man, I think the I think the Final Four is in Kansas City next year, too. So they, they've got something to play for. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun season, I think. Definitely. All right. Well, any any final thoughts? I'm all good here, man. You got anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good. Just a uh, programming note. Uh, like I said, we're going to go ahead and try to get another one, uh, another episode of the podcast out next week, um, probably early next week, talking some basketball. We obviously have some transfers to talk about, um, some NBA playoffs that are going on now. So we're, we're, we're definitely going to get into that um, as, as soon as we can kind of nail down a time to, to talk with Fetch or, or any of our other writers. So, um, all right. Well, I want to thank everyone uh, for listening. Mike, thank you for joining me tonight, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time.
Social Podcast Network.